Are you ready for this? I'm ready. <laughs> you got your earbuds? Yeah, I got them in, so should be good to go. So yeah. I got to ask you, because the podcast is called Behind the Wheel, are you always behind the wheel? Sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So living in Baltimore, in the inner city, I was present when the Freddie Gray riots occurred. Baltimore was actually the first city in America to come up with a essentially legal way to ban African-Americans' property ownership within white residential areas. Nation is a two-sided marketplace where we introduce artisanal and emerging uh, brands, mainly snack brands, to consumers at key moments where they're most engaged. Hi, I'm Derek, and this is Behind the Wheel, a show dedicated to highlighting the accomplishments of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things within their communities. Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcast. This portion of the Behind the Wheel podcast is sponsored by Amazon best-selling author of Retail Pride. He's the founder of Take Pride Today. He was recognized as being one of the top 100 global retail influencers for 2021. Mr. Ron Thurston. Ron is the real deal. But I tell you, Ron loves retail and he's proud of it. He's led some retail teams for some of America's most prominent brands. We're talking Bonobos, Intimix, St. Lauren. The list goes on and on. But he didn't write this book for brands. He wrote this book to help celebrate your accidental career. I had an opportunity to sit down with Ron. He is the real deal. He he loves leading teams and pouring into the lives of individuals. So when you pick up his book, if you haven't already done so, you can go to Amazon to pick up his book. It's chock full of nuts and nuggets to help you navigate your career in retail or wherever you might be. Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Wheel. I'm your host, Derek Oxley, and we are treated today with a guest, Donna Hilton. Welcome to the show, Donna. How are you doing this morning? I'm great, Derek. So so good to be here. Yes, I was hearing a bit of your story. And so for folks who may not be familiar with your story, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. And, uh, yeah. Wow, where do I begin? So my name is Donna Hilton. Um, That is my married name. I was formerly Donna Turner, um, born and raised in Jamaica, West Indies. Mm -hmm. Came here when I was 15 to attend college. Um, thinking that I was going to head back home, but I ended up staying. I lived in New York where I graduated from Hofstra University, moved to Connecticut to find um, my way into the career of IT mm-hmm. as a computer programmer for about 12 years and, um, and transitioned from that to academia where I'm a professor today, um, married to a wonderful man. His name is Paul. He's the senior pastor of our church. And I serve alongside him as the pastor of counseling and administration. We've been married for almost 39 years. Mm. And we What's have, the secret? The secret is just loving God and loving each other. <laughs> um, we have four adult daughters, uh, three granddaughters, and um, we're just happy to serve. We're just happy to serve. So you wear uh, several hats. I do. So there's counseling, there's IT, there's middle sex, there's, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on, and I didn't even mention my newest venture. Which is? Which is, I'm also the CEO and president of a nonprofit called Steam Train. Mm-hmm. And Steam Train is all about helping to move generations of underrepresented and under-resourced 
people into opportunities in the disciplines of science, technology, engineering, and math, and beyond. And beyond. So now you, you shared the acronym with me. I love acronyms. So you got you got to, you got to say the uh, the the, the, the STEAM. other ac- yes. acronym. So STEAM is about strategically training, educating, assisting, and mentoring. Because we we foil that into the programs that we do as we try to move people who have probably been on the outside of the disciplines of STEM, we realize that we have to be very strategic. We have to be intentional about how to infuse the confidence that they may need to embrace some of these new ventures. So we do all of those. And when we say that there's an A in our program, because typically STEM is just science, technology, engineering, mathematics. Mm -hmm. But we also include the digital arts. So we'll include training in 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 the web development space or graphic design space as well, even though our emphasis is really on the the primary four. Four. Yeah, so your your partner, um, Paul, started this joy, had this vision for joy Joy camp. camp. Yes. That eventually turned into... What we have today. What we have today. Right. So in 1992, my husband at at our original church building looked out and he saw the kids in our community just seemingly, just randomly playing, not really engaged in anything structured or anything that would focus and direct their energies. And he said, you know what? I need to harness these kids. So he started this program called Joy Camp, Mm -hmm. where we would do biblical training, but they would also enjoy arts and crafts and other activities. So he said, you know what? I'm going out into the community. He went out with flyers, and he told the parents, send your kids, and we're going to feed them, and we're Mm going to take care of them. And sure enough, Derek, they came. (laughs) He came in big numbers. I I think he wasn't even prepared initially the overwhelming response. Mm-hmm. So the kids came and we said, wow, we've got to figure this out. So um, that's how Joy Camp got its start. Over the years, we've we've harnessed the kids, we've improved on our offerings, and um, we, we just kept it fun and we kept it exciting. But in 2002, mm-hmm. I said to him, I said, I would like to add an afternoon component because Joy Camp only went up to about midday. Okay. I said, we should add an afternoon component focused on academics. So the first the first uh, portion is mainly spiritual, biblical fun. Let's add an afternoon component and let's make academics fun. So I implemented a program called Adventures in Learning. Mm-hmm. And in that program, we brought in teachers and helpers to, to instruct the students in writing skills, reading, science, we did the arts. They learned how to um, how to make make up little dance or drama. We had people from Wesleyan volunteer, and they brought in microscopes. And since then, we've actually improved it even more. We've scaled it even more. Mm-hmm. And in 2018, 2017 rather, when I started Steam Train, we converted it from just being a broad uh, range of academic topics to just STEM. We said, you know what? We're going to make it Adventures in Learning STEM Camp. Same idea, same model mm-hmm. to get the kids excited about learning. But now we're going to we're going to teach them programming, and we're going to teach them robotics, and now we're going to take them to the science center, and now we're going to teach them math. Okay. How about making math fun? Right. Mm-hmm. So, 
um, I recruited helpers that were that were in these various disciplines to help to make the STEM cap come alive. So now you have support from from NASA. I do. I do. It's just like they can go to the moon or they, they get free tickets? Or, or, <laughs> no, they, or they can't just, go to the moon. They mm. can't get free tickets. So how that came about was after doing this redirecting of um, Adventures in Learning towards STEM, a colleague of mine at Middlesex, where I work, sent an email along saying, you know what, the college is a part of a NASA space consortium. And, and there's an opportunity for you to write a grant. The grant would be given to a faculty member who is intentionally doing STEM education in the community. Mm-hmm. And I stopped. I said, to, to qualify for this grant, you had to be full-time faculty member. Check. Check. Mm-hmm. You had to be doing STEM education. Check. It had to be for kids in your community. I checked all the boxes. Mm. And they would, they would give us um, funding for a program up to a certain amount. So I got busy, Derek, and I wrote the grant, and I submitted it. And I was pleased to know that we were selected to, to receive the grant. And we have been receiving that grant since 2018. Wow. And with that grant, we've been able to take our kids on various expeditions. Um, we've taken them to a STEM museum down in the Bridgeport area. We've taken them to the Science Center. It helps to defray the cost of... Um, the buses, because we have we have to put ninety kids in mm. a bus. We don't have enough, you know, <laughs> cars. We don't want to have a convoy of yeah, parents, yeah, yeah. minivans, so mm-hmm. we put them in a bus. Um, because we're taking them out of our local environment, we want to make sure that they have shirts. So we give them shirts. So when we when we spot our kids, you know, at Represent, the outings, yeah. they're represented, and we put the name of the the NASA grant on it, and and so. It's been a huge blessing to be able to do that and to get the funding from NASA. And last year, I had to, um, I had to become even more creative, right? Because we had planned to have our camp, Adventures in Learning Camp, in 2020. And we know what happened in 2020. Yeah. So we had no camp in 2020. Mm. So my, the fund was available, but I had to go back to the funding source, the NASA Space Consortium, and say... We can't do it. it. COVID has made it unsafe for us to do it. So they said, no problems. Hold the funds until 2021. 2021 comes around and we're still a little bit reluctant. So I came up with a new model for STEM, uh, for my STEM camp. And I called that one STEM GEMS. You love an acronym? Yeah. Here's an acronym for you. <laughs> GEMS start, stands for uh, Great Educational Middletown sites. So I said, let's not bring the kids in. Let's not do something virtual, but let's expose them to sites in our community that's focused on STEM. This portion of the Behind the Wheel podcast is brought to you by the folks at the Creative Print Workshop. Yo, these folks, I tell you, you see the grit shirts, you've seen the grind shirts. I did a 30-day grind social media experiment, and I wore that shirt for 30 days, yo. And I washed it, obviously I washed it, but the care and the, the texture, the print, the ink, everything held up. So I am very impressed, yo, for real, for real. When I tell you that the ink on the shirt held up, 
the colors of the shirt held up. I was so impressed, I contacted the manufacturer that makes the shirts. I contacted the creative print shop and said, yo man, I'm very impressed with your shirts. I'm happy, pleased. And so yes, they are, they are a proud sponsor of the Behind the Wheel and how I'm building this podcast. You know, they started in 2000, that's 11 years ago, as a custom design company that drew custom designs on apparel with fabric paints. Yo, Brother Hazel has been in the printing and design industry for 20 years, yo. Over 20 years. I mean, when, when, you, when I tell you about the, the process, the care, it's one thing to say, you know, it's, it's a black-owned company, but the professionalism with which they handle your, your order from Zanti, who is, you know, the office manager who's in customer service, always pleasant, always upbeat. Before you go to place your order, yo, there is a consultation. You sit down with the CEO and founder, the chief executive officer of everything, Brother Hazel, and man, it is um, from, from the ordering process to review. You can approve your orders online. So if you're in need of design, print garments, Yo, they handle everything. I'm getting some mugs, some of the killer mugs. I can't wait till they come in, yo. Yeah, so to talk to a designer, give them a call at 443-842-3900. That number again is 443-842-3900. Yo, she's jogging on the block, all black, everything. The number again is 443-842-3900. Or you can email if you've got a question Info at thecreativeprintshop.com. That's creative with a K. Thecreativeprintshop.com. Okay. So we brought them to the community health center. And that was one, one outing. We had a group that we partnered with that took them out into Vets Park. And they brought in... Um, animal skins and they told them all about um, conserving the environment so they learned about a little bit of environmental science we took them up to Middlesex Mm -hmm. and they learned about all of the different equipment that's involved in media we we brought them into the center for new media they were in front of the green screen and they were behind the sound boards in the radio room we took them to a a local veterinary hospital Mm. and the doctors showed them x-rays and they show they show them worms under the microscope and then they brought the animals out and the kids got a chance to play with them so we were covering the science we were covering technology mm-hmm. we were cover- oh and they learned about solar panels on our campus and i thought how am i going to teach them math out in the community how do you do math out in the community yeah well through my nasa grant i was able to purchase the kids gift cards 25 dollar gift cards for local vendors on our downtown in our downtown Middletown area, and I gave them a gift card for twenty five dollars. I gave them a little notepad. I gave them a pen. I said, "Math is in everyday life, so you're going to go to the toy store. You're going to shop, but when you pick up your items, you have to write down how much it costs. When you go to the cashier, you got to figure out how much more is the tax mm-hmm. on top of what it costs, and then you're going to have to do the math to figure out what do you have left on your card." So that was how we integrated math. So we did science, technology, engineering, math in our community. We brought the kids out. Every day they went to a different location in the city. And that's how we did 
um, Adventures in Learning in 2021. Wow. There there is a, um, one of my partners in commerce, she, she bakes. She likes telling stories. So she teaches kids math and science using baking. baking. Clever. So, you know, so if red velvet cake. Mm-hmm. She tells me the story about red velvet cake. Do you know what red velvet cake was made with initially? I don't know. I didn't know either. Now I feel, <laughs> I, I felt like, why? Every time I tell this story, I think it's just to tell the story. So it was beets for the coloring because it, I said, wow, the food coloring. So every, um, the different regions that something is popular, uh, whatever is in, say, uh, Nevada, yeah. whatever the, the state is, and they have something that, 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 that's specific for that area, there is a recipe, and then there's a story. Oh, wow. So if you go into Nora's Oven Works in, yeah. in Stanford, you see this, this um, bakery in the front, yeah. and then behind is where the classroom is to teach, uh, to teach young people. Yeah. Nice, nice. So I think just becoming creative and being able to make it accessible Yes. For uh, young people is, is important. So the work that you're doing here, um, and now you're going to be retiring soon to, to focus full-time on. I will be. After working in academia for 25 years, I'll be retiring at the end of this semester. Mm-hmm. So this is the spring semester that ends. Technically, it ends in June, so that's going to be it for me. Um, and then I'll be able to devote more time to steam train and I'll be able to devote more time to Shiloh, my, my, my church here. Mm-hmm. I, I also want to mention, you know, that, that the programming that we offer to kids, we never charge them for it because I don't want to create any other barriers. There are so many barriers that people have to overcome that, you know, if you wanted to enroll your kids in a STEM camp or in a programming camp or a robotics camp, sometimes that comes with a hefty price tag. And we want to make sure that especially our communities of color, communities where we're under-resourced, that Steam Train comes along and says, this is programming that you can access with no charge. There's no charge to We're having this, um, this conversation um, Sometimes I have this de- de- debate in my head um, about value and whether or not people value things that they that they pay for mm. over things that that um, that's given to them. Um, so I don't even didn't even know that it was the, the, the program, uh, and we didn't even talk about Microsoft. <laughs> So just give us, before I even get to that, the, the, the stats on, on, on Microsoft. Um, Let's give you the stats on Microsoft. Well, in terms of just saying you apply for this yeah, grant. Yeah, let me tell you. And that. I'd be happy to tell you the story. Yeah. Um, so a, a friend sent me a, an, a link to an email from Microsoft. And the link basically described that they were about to have a, an opening for a grant opportunity. And the specifications were that you needed to be a nonprofit mm-hmm. um, led by African Americans. You had to be offering technical training to communities of color, primarily Af- African Americans, and you had to be doing it so that you could position them for work. And just like the other um, the other NASA opportunity, I checked all the boxes. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know what? 
I'm going to apply. It was, it was, the window was tight, but I put my head to the application and completed it and submitted it. Well, when I heard back from Microsoft, I realized that there were 1,300 nonprofits from 43 states across America applying for the same kind of opportunity. However, Microsoft was only going to select 50. So 1,300 applied, 50 would be selected. Steam Train was one of the 50 that was selected, but we were the only nonprofit selected from the state of Connecticut. Mm. So I feel highly privileged to be in partnership with Microsoft after such a competitive grant process and to be selected from so many probably very worthy applicants. But because we were specifically training and upskilling people of color to access tech jobs, we met their criteria. And they've come alongside with a commitment for three years of financial support. And they've also given us access to, well, you say Microsoft, right? Their technology infrastructure. Um, We have their tools that we can use. And they have also made available to us their experts. So they say, here's a toolkit. Implement all this software. But they don't just say, here it is and leave you. We can get on the phone and we can call people and say, we're stuck. We're not sure how to do this. And they they offer that support. They also did a full year of professional development. As as, uh, um, leaders of of nonprofits, they wanted to make sure that we understood all of the ins and outs of what that means. And and we learned from each other. We talked to each other. Mm -hmm. So the 50 people who were in this program, we became a community that supported each other. This portion of Behind the Wheel podcast is proudly sponsored by the folks at Lenses Only. Yo, so I was in the market for a new pair of glasses. I had lost my frames. My prescription was long overdue, and now I'm a little down. Until one day, I walked into the Goodwill, and I found a pair of frames, same color, different shape. I'm up to trying something new. I call the manufacturer and say, hey, listen, do you think you can put lenses inside of these frames? Nah, son, it's out of circulation. So I get a pair of glasses, but... I go to almighty Google because I still like the frames. Hey, listen, do you think you can, is there a company out there that can put lenses into existing frames? And voila, what pops up? Lenses only. So I give them a call. Pleasant professional on the other end of the phone, even though I've got existing glasses, because of the service that I received on the other end of the phone, I figured I would give them a shot. I'd go out there and visit the location. Yo, I made the trip out to Bloomfield. They've got three locations in Connecticut with a fourth one coming online in Wethersfield. Ah, man, 50% off designer frames, but 80% of their business is with putting lenses into your existing frames. Most opticians won't risk it, but not at Lenses Only. They've got you covered. So how does it work? You go online to lensesonlyoptical.com. You plug in your prescription. You select your lens choices. You pay cha-ching, and they will send you a box with a return label so you can put your frame in them. And then within a couple of weeks, voila, they're back at your home, and you're seeing clearly as ever. So if you want regular frames, though, you've got to make the trip to Avon, Bloomfield, or Torrington. And Yes, as I said, a new location is coming along in Weathersfield on Silas Dean Highway, lensesonly.com. They've got Learn from each other. And then they, they went a step further and they gave us an assigned employee from within inside the company that would serve as a change agent that would help us to get our story told 
um, from the outside to, to the insiders of the company. So it's been an awesome opportunity. It's it's what has enabled us to do even more and to grow the reach mm-hmm. of Steam Train. Yeah. So when I think of the back to the the, the value and it being. Um, free and wanted it to be accessible. How is it being received in the, uh, in the community? Well, I'll be, I'll be honest. It's been received very well. Mm-hmm. Um, when we have our camps, there've been times when we've had to put a limit and a cut off to say, you know what? We can't take any more kids. Um, because, because of the capacity of the place where we have this house. Um, we do programs for, for teenagers, and that's also well-received. Um, we, we do the workforce development program where we're training in, in um, tech support skills. That's also well-received. I think sometimes the enrollment in, in some of, especially our adult programs, is not as high as I would like for it to be. And I don't know if people just lack the confidence to say, you know, I can do this when we come along and we say, we'll train you in IT support. You know, sometimes they have this mindset that it's too hard for me. Sometimes they lack the confidence. I know that I know that to be true because one of our <clears throat> one of our recent graduates is a single father of three boys. And he said he shied away from it because he just never thought it, he could he could handle it. Mm-hmm. But because we've come along and we have given him the support and the, the confidence to do it. He now works full-time in IT. So so the response has been good um, for, for, from the parents, you know, for the children pro- children's programming, mm-hmm. probably more so than when the adults have to put themselves in it. I, 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 I think we need to be um, probably a little bit more willing to take risk. We, we should be more willing to to do something that we've never done. We should be more willing to do something that that's going to challenge us and push us out of our comfort zone. It's comfortable here. Why do I, why do I want to move? Well, by moving, you will have opportunities that open new doors, mm-hmm. you know? So, so I believe the response has been good, but it could be better. It really could be better. Especially that when, when I tell you what we offer in our workforce development program, we offer the training for free. If, if, if candidates say, I don't have a computer, you're telling me I have to get online, I have to do this, we'll get you a loaner computer. Um, at the, if you say, well, this is a little bit complicated, we say, we have tutors. We give you wraparound support. You say, well, I have kids. Um, I don't know if I can do this because I have to watch the kids. We give you babysitting vouchers. And, at, and then when you do earn your certificate, we place you at a job where you get to experience the workplace and we pay you a stipend. Mm. And all of that is possible because of Everything the Everything will be knocking the doors down to, uh, that's to get what, in. That's what I think. I think people should be knocking down the doors. And especially at a time like this, you know, if, if, if ever a time we've seen the value of technology, it's been during this pandemic. And so companies are really trying to yeah. hire more in that space. So I think there should be um, a greater response among our communities um, for what we're offering. So we're, we're really doing a, a, a job of getting the word out through Facebook and Instagram and, and just various ways. We're just trying to get people to know this is here mm-hmm. and we want to serve you. Yeah. Friday had mentioned that um, there, there are competitors in the space who actually charge. 
Well, they don't say that they charge, mm-hmm. and I won't I won't name any names, but the the agreement they have is we will put you through the training for free, and then when you get the job, after you've gotten the job, then you get to pay back for the training that got you the job. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't put that stipulation on our offer. We're saying we want to help to remove the barriers, economic barriers, whatever barriers that you have. We will pay for the training. And we can say that because we've, we've not only been funded by Microsoft, we've been funded by the state of Connecticut, by United. We have funding that we can pay for the training. We can pay for the, the tutors and the wraparound support. We can pay you the stipend. Mm-hmm. What we want in return is a 100% effort. We want people who have grit, who will stick it out because it won't be necessarily the easiest thing you've ever done in your life. But if you can master it, then you can you can unlock the door for some new opportunities. Mm.